1: weird and wonderful science into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this Assange Update edition, the star witness against Julian Assange admits to lying. First up, here's good news about dementia. Alzheimer's reversal. Biospace reports that researchers from Novus Bio completed a phase 2 trial of their drug ANVS 401 posifin, which shows significant cognitive improvements in Alzheimer's patients after only one month of treatment. The study involved patients with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease. After 25 days, patients showed an improvement of 4.4 points in cognition compared to baseline and a 3.3-point improvement compared to placebo, using the 70-point, 11-item Alzheimer's disease assessment scale. In contrast, data from Biogen about aducanumab, the drug recently approved by the American Food and Drug Administration, only claims to improve cognition by 1.4 points over 18 months of treatment. In Parkinson's disease patients, posifin treatment showed statistically significant improvements in speed, Coordination and motor function and inflammation was markedly lowered. Posifin lowers the levels of beta amyloid, tau, and alpha synuclein in the brain to below toxic levels. When the brain is injured, neurotoxic proteins are elevated to fight the damage. For mild damage, they eventually go away, and when there's too much damage, those proteins remain elevated and may become toxic. The data shows that restores function in Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease, and reverses inflammation. Before testing on humans, a nervous bio tested the drug in seven different animal models, including four models of memory and learning, trisomic Down syndrome mice, transgenic Alzheimer's mice, stroke mice, and traumatic brain injury rats. Two additional animal models tested for movement disorders. In both transgenic Parkinson's animals and transgenic tau mice, and transgenic tau mice, the animals fully recovered function. In a blindness model, results showed that it protected rats from going blind from glaucoma. The company also hopes to treat Down syndrome. The difference between Alzheimer's disease and its manifestation in Down syndrome is that people born with Down syndrome had three copies of amyloid precursor protein, which is cleaved to amyloid beta and induces tau and inflammation and causes neurodegeneration. Alzheimer's disease affects about 30% of people with Down syndrome in their 50s, according to current estimates. By the time individuals with Down syndrome are in their 60s, the proportion is nearly 50%. The company will start Phase 3 trials in July 2021. Outrunning Dementia Researchers at the University of Queensland have found that regular exercise can improve brain function and may protect against dementia in middle aged and older adults, with women benefiting almost twice as much as men. The study investigated the physical activity, behaviour, and cognitive function of 16,700 Europeans aged between 54 and 75 over the course of 13 years. They found that weekly moderate physical activity increased older people's cognitive function on average by 5% for men and 14% for women. They saw an increase in cognitive function to 8% for men and 15% for women if they were both moderately and vigorously physically active every week. An example of moderate physical activity is going for a brisk walk, while vigorous physical activity might be running or circuit training. The researchers say that policymakers can help by creating public health campaigns on the benefits of physical activity for brain health and investing more in parks and recreational facilities. The paper was titled A Dynamic Macroeconomic Analysis of the Impact of Physical Activity on Cognition Among Older People and was published in the journal Economics and Human Biology. Blood test for Alzheimer's a team led by the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, in collaboration with University College London, the Prince of Wales Hospital and Queen Elizabeth Hospital, have developed the first blood test for Alzheimer's disease. Currently, doctors diagnose the illness with cognitive tests, brain imaging and lumbar punctures. The new blood test recognises 19 plasma proteins associated with people with Alzheimer's disease and has been 96% accurate in clinical trials. This system can also differentiate amongst the early, intermediate and late stages of Alzheimer's disease and can be used to monitor the progression of the disease over time. The discovery was made using the Proximity Extension Assay, a cutting-edge, ultra-sensitive and high-throughput protein measurement technology. To examine the levels of over a thousand proteins in the plasma of Alzheimer's disease patients in Hong Kong. The paper was published in the journal Alzheimer's and Dementia, the Journal of Alzheimer's Association, and was titled Large Scale Plasma Proteomic Profiling Identifies a High Performance Biomarker Panel for Alzheimer's Disease Screening and Staging. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com.
2: Hello, I am from the British government with a fabulous announcement. No, I'm sorry, we still haven't sorted out this bleeding show. But we have finally managed to arrest our most wanted criminal. No, the other one. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Once we're done, we'll extradite his skippy off to Virginia to face a grand jury. Because we're America's Yeah, baby. We'd like to thank all who aided us in this operation, especially the Ecuadorian government. Hola, I'm from the Ecuadorian government, and I'm here to confirm that our new president is America's... That is why he agreed to cancel Harry Hacker's political asylum and let pigs enter our embassy to arrest him. Hello, I'm from the Australian government. Since Mr. Assange is our citizen, we feel compelled to state in the strongest possible terms that we're America's too. That's why both of these stains will leave him up creek without a paddle. After all, we're the same who are prosecuting whistleblowers and banning encryption to make it harder for journalists to expose our Hello, I'm from the US government. We're grateful to all our for handing over David Letterman, I mean Julian Assange, who is wanted on charges of making us look like war criminals. Which, of course, we are. We have indicted the accused for the crime of helping his source to anonymously access documents in the public interest, otherwise known as good journalism. Journalists, of course, are not supposed to be good. They're meant to be week on questioning stenographers who publish what we tolerate. By extraditing a foreign journalist, we hope to send a clear warning to all journalists not to mess with our We ask all of you to cooperate with us in setting this dangerous precedent by focusing on how the accused is a bit of an instead of our attempt to destroy your press freedom. American Empire. Authorized by the United of America.
1: That was The Juice Media's honest government ads. Support The Juice Media at patreon.com slash Media. The Star Witness lied. Icelandic citizen Sigurdur Ingi Thordeson the key witness in the American charges of espionage and computer hacking against political prisoner Julian Assange has now admitted that he lied about Julian Assange asking him to break into computers, in return for American prosecutors promising him immunity from prosecution. He's even provided previously unseen chat logs to Icelandic journalists as evidence that he lied. Mr. Thordeson is a diagnosed sociopath and has convictions of child rape and financial fraud. In an interview with the Icelandic newspaper Stunden, Mr. Thordeson admitted to continuing to commit crimes while working with the US Department of Justice and the FBI. In Mr. Assange's extradition trial, Magistrate Court Judge Vanessa Bereitza cited the American prosecution's evidence from Mr. Thordeson as convincing her that Mr. Assange is guilty of criminal hacking and that the only reason to deny extradition to the US was on humanitarian grounds. Mr Assange has been tortured in Britain's worst maximum security prison, Belmarsh, without charge for two years, after 10 years of being unlawfully spied on by the American prosecution and psychologically tortured in the Ecuadorian embassy. President Joe Biden decided to continue President Trump's push for extradition and is appealing the ruling despite urgent advice given during his time as Vice President, that any extradition and inevitable conviction in the kangaroo court in Virginia would end the free press in the US and the world. This New York Times problem would mean that any journalist and publisher of any nationality in any jurisdiction in the world, while obeying local laws, could be tortured to death by Americans for reporting crimes by the American military and any American journalist and publisher could be jailed in American torture prisons for reporting crimes by the American government. Mr Assange was on British soil, and his reporting didn't break British laws. He served the full sentence for jumping bail while lawfully seeking asylum from American threats of torture several years ago. Here's Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce speaking to Russian Today's Going Underground in December 2019.
0: Remember Julian Assange was an Australian citizen, not a citizen of the United States. He wasn't in the United States when they happened. They didn't come from Julian Assange. There were leaks from a person who at that time was called Bradley Manning, now called Chelsea Manning. Um, so what exactly are you going to extradite Julian Assange, a citizen of Australia, to the United States for, for the actions of a third, uh, another party, Bradley Manning, who gave him information, which he then published. Surely that is no different to the uh, newspapers who then published what was on WikiLeaks. Maybe they should all go to the United States and be tried under United States law. I mean, where does this one stop? It's patently absurd, but he wasn't in the United States. So, I mean, how
1: how do you commit a crime in a country you weren't in? Mr Thordeson doesn't appear to have much in the way of actual computer skills. Instead, he fools people into doing things for him including computer attacks. The American prosecutors claim that Mr. Assange was spying not for any nation against America, but on behalf of the citizens of the world against the American government, that WikiLeaks is a non-state actor, a new legal fiction. Experts have long suggested the much-abused Espionage Act violates the American Constitution's freedom of speech protections. The American prosecutors argue that Mr Assange is an Australian citizen on British soil, but he's completely obligated to obey American laws while not being protected by any of them. All of the responsibility, but none of the rights. This is a power grab to extend selective American jurisdiction over the world. Sigurdur Inge Thordeson was recruited by American authorities to build a case against Mr. Assange after misleading them to believe he was previously his close associate. In reality, he'd just been one volunteer among many to raise money for Wikileaks in 2010 until he was caught stealing more than $50,000 in donations. Mr. Assange was visiting Iceland around this time due to his work with Icelandic media and members of parliament in preparing the Icelandic Modern Media Initiative. This was a press freedom project that produced a parliamentary resolution supporting whistleblowers and investigative journalism. Australia and the US and the UK would do well to copy Iceland. In June 2020, the American prosecution added last-minute new charges against Julian Assange, seeking to demonstrate that he instructed Mr Thorderson to commit computer intrusions in Iceland. They claimed Mr Assange was part of attempts to hack into the computers of members of Icelandic Parliament and record their conversations. Mr Thordeson now admits to the Stundon newspaper that Mr Assange never asked him to hack or access phone recordings of MPs. In January 2021, Magistrate Court Judge Vanessa Baratza said in her ruling it is alleged that Mr Assange and teenager, the codename for Mr Thordeson, failed a joint attempt to decrypt a file stolen from a NATO Country 1 bank. An Icelandic bank. Bank robbery? Mr. Thordeson explained to Stundon that this actually refers to a well-publicised event in which an encrypted file was leaked by whistleblowers from an Icelandic bank that went out of business in 2008. The encrypted file was thought to contain information about defaulted loans provided by the Icelandic landsbanki, that may have contributed to the global financial crisis. The files were leaked, not stolen, and many people in Iceland tried to decrypt them in the public interest. Quite different from stealing from a bank, as stated in court. Surely the American prosecution had to know this. Magistrate Court Judge Vanessa Baraitz's ruling continued to quote Mr Thorderson's evidence. Mr Assange used the unauthorised access given to him by a source to access a government website of NATO Country 1, Iceland, used to track police vehicles. Mr Thordeson now says he'd been given this access by authorities due to his work as a first responder while volunteering for a search and rescue team. All the volunteers were given this access. He also says Mr Assange never asked for any such access. The chat logs Mr. Thordeson gave Stunden covered the time he was volunteering for Wikileaks in 2010 and 11. It shows his talks with Wikileaks staff as well as unauthorised communications with members of international hacking groups. He contacted them by abusing his role as moderator on an open IRC Wikileaks forum, a live online chat. The logs show Wikileaks staff had no idea he was in contact with the hacking groups. In the logs, Mr. Thordeson is constantly bigging up his position in Wikileaks, describing himself as chief of staff, head of communications, number two in the organisation, or responsible for recruits. As authority to ask the hackers to attack websites and access material from Icelandic entities, without any real instructions from anyone at Wikileaks. He also pretended to have authority in Wikileaks, to fool media organisations into paying for lavish trips around the world. Mr. Thorderson also admitted he copied the hard drives of WikiLeaks staff, including some of Mr. Assange's legal documents. In 2011, Mr. Thordison started communicating with Hector Xavier Monsega, known as Sabu, a hacker and a member of the infamous LOLSEC hacker group. Sabu had been secretly arrested by the FBI and forced to work for them as a collaborator. Mr Thorsen got Sabu to attack Icelandic government websites, while the FBI flew to Iceland to warn against the crimes they were instigating and to offer help. In reality, they were laying the groundwork to try to entrap Mr Assange. In August 2011, Mr Thordeson was caught stealing $50,000 in donations from Wikileaks by forging an email from Mr Assange authorising transfer of the funds to his private bank account. To escape being charged, he emailed the American Embassy in Iceland to offer them information against Julian Assange. Within 48 hours, an FBI jet landed in Iceland with agents to meet with Mr Thordeson using the letter of authority they had from the attack against the Icelandic websites the previous year. When the Icelandic minister from the interior found that the FBI was acting against Mr Assange and not anything to do with the attack on government websites, he ordered the FBI to leave Iceland. They left, but they took their new star witness, Sigurd Ingi Thordeson, with them. The FBI wanted to know everything about WikiLeaks, including physical security of staff. They took material he'd gathered, including data he'd stolen from WikiLeaks employees. A few months later, Mr Thordeson was charged in Iceland for massive fraud, forgeries and theft, and for sexual assault against underage boys. Mr Thordeson was sentenced in 2013 and 2014 and received relatively lenient sentences in return for pleading guilty. According to a psychiatric assessment presented to the court, Mr. Thorderson was diagnosed as a sociopath, incapable of remorse, but still criminally culpable for his actions. He was assessed as able to understand the basic difference between right and wrong. He just didn't seem to care. In 2019, President Trump's Department of Justice gave Mr. Thorderson formal status as witness in the prosecution against Julian Assange and granted him immunity from any prosecution in return. In the month following Assange's arrest in the Ecuadorian embassy in London on the 11th of April 2019, a new request from the US government arrived in Iceland to take a formal statement from Thordeson in Iceland in the presence of his lawyer. In May 2019, American Deputy Attorney General Kellen S. Dwyer granted Mr. Thordeson immunity from prosecution based on any information on wrongdoing they had on him. The deal, seen in writing by the Stunden Journalists, also guarantees that the U.S. Department of Justice would not share any such information to other prosecutorial or law enforcement agencies, including in Iceland meaning that the Americans will not share information on crimes he might have committed threatening Icelandic security interests. The district prosecutor in Iceland, the Reykjavik Metropolitan Police, confirmed to Studenden that Mr Assange was never suspected of breaking any laws in Iceland. Mr Thornton soon decided to use his immunity to fraudulently borrow merchandise, rent luxury cars, even order large quantities of goods from wholesalers without ever paying for any goods or services. Mr Thordison also forged the name of his own lawyer on notices to the company house registry, falsely claiming to have raised the equity of two companies to over US$800,000 for a planned real estate swindle. The lawyer reported this to the police, but Mr Thordison was never charged and is still running the fake businesses. Given that the evidence that Magistrate Court Judge Vanessa Baratza relied on to rule that Julian Assange was guilty of criminal computer intrusion has been proved false by the star witness, Mr. Assange's attorney will be arguing that the American prosecution's leave to appeal the decision should be dismissed, and Mr. Assange should be immediately released. Ninety-year-old Daniel Ellsberg famous for leaking the Pentagon Papers revealing some of President Nixon's war crimes, has decided to challenge the Espionage Act once and for all by leaking more documents and having his day in court. He aims to prove that the Espionage Act violates the American Constitution's freedom of speech protections and must be struck down. So on the one hand, the evidence for hacking against Assange has been shown to be lies. And the Espionage Act, saying criticism of the US is a crime, may be struck down. Yet Julian Assange remains in prison with a computer whose keys have been glued to the keyboard. He's been deliberately given glasses with the wrong prescription. He had his teeth damaged by stones placed in his food, and he's been denied treatment by doctors. He's constantly strip-searched, abused, and denied basic human rights, with encouragement from the UK, Australian, and United States governments. All for showing the world that some American soldiers committed war crimes, murdering journalists, first responders, and children. President Biden should drop this case. Here's Julian Assange's fiancée, Stella Morris, speaking last week.
3: This case was taken under under the Trump administration. Um, It was taken during a time that the uh, Department of Justice was politicised, that's the... Biden administration's uh, opinion of the DOJ at the time was that it was politicized, that it was targeting the media. And clearly Julian's um, prosecution is a means to an end, which which is to um, set a precedent where uh, the press can be targeted. Julian is not being prosecuted as a whistleblower or a leaker. He's being uh, prosecuted as a journalist. And so the precedent that it sets is for journalists. Something has got to give. they can't maintain uh, this prosecution against Julian uh, while saying that they defend uh, uh, global press freedom or defend the the First Amendment in the United States so the only the only thing they can do in order to be consistent is to drop the case entirely you know any any robust democracy has to accommodate has to count on there being internal dissent and um, that those dissenters will not be persecuted and what's happened here uh, is a very um, disturbing development uh, within the world's uh, greatest superpower uh, of a crackdown uh, against
1: the press. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations. To science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolfe. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including... Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 Triple CNL Springs and Tennant Creek, 2 MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3 MBR in the Mallee border districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7 LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2 XXX FM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in North East Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on Astronomy.FM. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes, archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labelled by keywords, so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or join my patrons at patreon.com slash I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.
0: Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits.